the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Oh, seems like... Uh... Older I get, seems like things get uh, just a little harder. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just me, but uh, no, there's so many options out there today. Now, I have a database that actually I have two databases. One of them covers uh, individual stocks and exchange traded funds, and the one from Morningstar covers everything. Uh, I mean, it's and it's really expensive, and those dogs raised my fees this <laughs> this past month. Oh, I spend a lot of money just on data, and uh, but you know, very useful. Um, I like to uh, use it to figure out you know retirement income plans for people and uh, how much you need. And you know, I was just laughing about this uh, with a couple clients over the past week. And we've been using a four percent rule. It's kind of common. You can look it up. And uh, basically what it says is that you should uh, don't start out taking more than 4% of whatever your savings are for retirement. So if you have, you know, just to keep my math easy, if you have a, if you have a million dollars, you shouldn't spend more than $40,000 that first year because over time, you're going to have to increase that each year for inflation. So in 20 years from now, uh, even at a 4% inflation rate, it's right around 20 years, give or take a year or two, the, uh, um, the amount of money that you have to take out is going to be double. So at that point in time, you'll be taking out 8% of what you originally started with. And that that's why you, the first number, the 4%, is so low, because when you adjust for inflation every year uh, or every other year or once every five years, now that's what a lot of people do. They go for that first five years, and they don't make any adjustments, and then they go, well, okay, I might, not, I might have to make an adjustment now. 
And uh, that happens quite often. Uh, and incidentally, uh, what's really interesting is that first five or ten years of retirement, your income, are you, you tend to spend a lot more than you do uh, after that point in time. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Now, the uh, it's not a straight line. If you if you look at the uh, inflation rates, and if you look at how much money people need to spend, and then there's an off, an awful large element of luck involved because if you end up getting sick at a younger age, end up spending a lot of money, and that's uh, uh, you just have to try to plan for those things the best you can. Just take the uh, um, your best guesstimates and uh, figure that you know with your investment returns. You, I wouldn't. I always figure those kind of low. And in an average balance fund, you look at over the past oh four or five years, not really good. I've got a a moderate, moderate allocation from fund from BlackRock. I looked at uh, the balanced fund from uh, oh. Vanguard and Fidelity, and over the past four or five years, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. You see a whole lot of up and down, and not and more up and down than going up. And uh, Fidelity's balance fund is actually one of the better performers. Uh, it just took out its all-time high, but it was a there was from 2021 all the way up to recently. That's three years, three years. And all you got was a lot of volatility, and now you're barely... And this is one of the better performers, mind you. Actually, this is one of the best performers. And uh, so um, one of the reasons I like to use uh, exchange-traded funds and try to uh, build the models that I think are going to do better over time, and I can tell you for sure that we've got to do a seminar pre <laughs> one of these. I think in the next two months... We're trying to time it up. I don't want anybody to get sick and all the facilities. I, I think they're back to letting us have normal meetings now. But uh, for the longest time there, you know, you had to stay five or six feet apart. And they, were just, they just weren't accepting a lot of um, general meetings like that. So we'll try to get a, a seminar going here. Because it, it, it's pretty important. Um, it, markets are always changing. Markets are always evolving, and to generate enough income to support yourself in retirement is pretty difficult, and a lot of that income is going to come from growth. It's not necessarily a dividend, and incidentally, this is one of the things that over the next five years, the numbers should be should be uh, significantly improved because a large portion of the uh, assets or in bonds for most retirees. And bonds have had the worst three or four-year time period they've had in 40 or 50 years. So assuming that that doesn't happen again, knock on wood, uh, I doubt it. I mean, if interest rates were to go back down, bond prices would shoot back up. And they just, it's like a seesaw. Interest rates on one side, the bond price on the other side. One, one goes up, the other goes down. So if interest rates were to go down again, the bond prices, they would make up a lot of the uh, losses that they've incurred over the past two or three years. And uh, it's very confounding for an awful lot of people. And I always knew it could happen. I was just kind of hoping it would, if it came, it went really fast. But uh, unfortunately, that's 
not how it came. That's not how it worked out. Been the uh, long, slow <laughs> process and painful. I mean, uh, I'm watching it all the time and closer than most people are. In fact, that's one of the reasons I, I want to get back and, and um, do some seminars in person because this is the uh, people are wondering. You know, they're looking at it and they don't have the information I have. So they're like, why is this not? Keeping up with the stock market, well, because you got 40% of your money in bonds, and bonds have been doing poorly, and it's a, an unusual time in the country's history where this has happened. It, it happened in the 70s, happened a little bit in the 80s, um, and then for the you know, 2000s, uh, it, bond prices were pretty steady. The yields were pretty steady, and uh, then you get fast forward to uh, 2020. And not so much. So, and the the distance between those good periods and bad periods is different. I mean, it, it there's no cycle. You can't see it coming. Uh, you can kind of tell a little bit about what's happening if you project that into the future. If you project whatever's happening right now into the future, but at some point in time, it it's going to change again. What's the smartest thing to do? Well, I've been holding on to bond funds that have super short maturities, but they still got hit. They just didn't get hit quite as hard. And uh, they made back up, they've, they've made back the amount of money that they've lost. If you reinvested the dividend, the share price from where it was at its peak is not down a ton. Let's see what that is. Uh, 1.96. So, and the yield on it's over 5% right now. So, yeah, that does make a big difference. And it, uh, if you've got that type of bond fund in your portfolio, if you have access to it, and this is one of the reasons that when you have a 401k and it's with a big company and uh, um, you like it, yeah, you still won't have these types of options available. Generally speaking, at least I haven't seen one, and I look at an awful lot of them. But um, and that's one of the reasons to maybe have some a portion of your money. Even if you love your 401k, and I've seen some pretty good ones out there. You know, we, well, I've had conversations with people where um, constantly I'm looking at it. I'm going, wow, you know what? We should probably leave a certain amount there because you have access to this fund. And that fund is an institutional fund. It's not available outside of 401k plans. So. That might be a good idea for us. And uh, and if not, you know, there are lots of funds that are extremely similar. That's another thing about today. If you look at the number of funds that exist relative to the number of stocks that they have to invest in, and it's mind-boggling. I mean, there are four or five funds for every investable stock that's available. That's... Uh, I had no idea that that was going to happen, that you, all these companies are not striving to go public the way they did uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, going public is a great way, if you've got a good company, to uh, be able to take cash in a little bit on the investments that you've made of your time, money, effort, and energy, and uh, allows other people to invest and grow alongside you. And uh, and it's just not happening like it used to. It's, it's very, very slow. 
and a lot of the ones that do come public are really uh, you know, nothing to write home about. It's been an incredibly long time since you've had a Google out there. And uh, you know, hopefully it happens. I, I see a lot of growth in the economy, and there are tons of areas inside that have to do with electricity. Let me put it that way. Generation of electricity, uh, distribution of electricity, products that run on electricity that used to run on natural gas or gas, you know, as far as cars go, uh, or natural gas or other products, by the way. But the uh, so nothing is as constant as change, and the change is actually incredibly fast. A lot of it's behind the scenes. Uh, it's not something that you would notice, like the you know, one. PCs first started coming out and people first started buying them. Well, you could see that. And uh, most people were trying to get one. Now, you know, PC, average household probably has two or three at least. uh, Don't get started on cell phones. (laughs) I think the average house probably has somewhere around two or three um, just because, you know, spouses typically have one if they have a child, a child by the time that child's going to school, they have one. Um, and that's not going to slow down anytime soon. In fact, they will, uh, they'll change. They'll be able to do more stuff. I just, I'm always flabbergasted when I see what you can do. In fact, I'm doing my show through my cell phone connection to the radio station. <laughs> but you can still call me. 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945, and uh, we're going to have to go to a commercial break in a couple minutes, but the, uh, you can always give us a call, and I'll be glad to try to answer any questions you have. And um, and by the way, one of the reasons that you know, I, I talk about retirement and complaining is it is such a monumental task to be able to set aside enough money to be able to retire and replace you know, even 70 or 80% of your income. I'm not talking about, you know, having more income or, um, you know, having 80 to 90% of your income. I'm talking about 75 to 80% of your income. That is a monumental task to get enough money together in your savings to be able to do that. Well, why? Um, Because there are a lot of, there's a lot of competition for your money. Uh, And, they don't really talk about this a lot, and and I really think that this should be they should start teaching this stuff to kids when they're in the sixth, fifth, and sixth grade. I don't know if you have any grandchildren who are around that age. I do, <laughs> and I'm telling you, these kids today are way smarter than we were. <laughs> at least, at least me and my friends, and uh, that might say a lot about me and my friends, by the way. But yeah, that's another story. Um, Anyway, the kids are extremely bright, and they could get this stuff. Um, they could understand. I know, I know I would have understood. I had a paper route around then. So I had to go collect, and I had to pay for the papers that I was delivering. And, you know, when somebody stiffed me, they, I, I, I delivered papers to an apartment complex, and it was fairly big. So that was my only um, – those were my only customers. And there were about 60 of them. And – some of those people would not pay for three or four weeks before they moved, and then they would move. <laughs> so I got to uh, experience what it's like to be a, a real business owner. I've delivered that paper every day, and then the, 
looking out the peak hole and see me out there collecting and, and not answering because they knew they were moving. You know, what kind of person does that to a 12-year-old kid? <laughs> anyway, but uh, it was a good experience. I mean, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about business. I was literally responsible for the papers that I was delivering. I had to pay for them. And uh, it was actually the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And they would tell me what to charge. So they set the pricing on it. And then they had a price that I had to pay. And my pay was the difference. So when somebody moved out, I didn't, you know, the Cleveland Plain Dealer still had to be paid. They didn't let me off the hook for that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people thought that that was a little um, over the top. But uh, I've got about 60 seconds here, so I'm going to have to uh, finish this thought after these commercial messages. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420 every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Stay tuned because we will be right back. I'm losing sight of all that matters. This is Dennis Prager, and now a truly exciting new benefit. My monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. For an hour each month, get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. I'll be answering your questions. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Everyone wants to know what's going to change. What can we expect in the future? Heck, I want to know too. But in plumbing, the important stuff is what's not going to change. People are always going to want their call answered by a real human who can help them. And they're always going to want an honest, do-it-right plumber to fix the problem wallack-a-doodle style. And they're always going to want that to happen today, not tomorrow. So at Wyatt Works, that's what we focus on. That's why we're introducing same-day water heater replacement. Because let's face it, no one wants to take a cold shower the morning after they discover a broken water heater. Well, maybe some health nut who likes cold plunging. But most of us want that hot water. So when you call Wireworks for a broken water heater, we'll get your replacement installed and installed right that same day. We'll even wallack-a-doodle it by taking away your old one and clean it up like we've never been there. Just call Wyattworks and consider it done. You've heard the saying, all good things come to an end. Well, not always. Sometimes they just take a break. That's what's happening with our Lady of the Wayside's car donation program after 24 years and 96,000 rides donated. Pretty amazing. Here's the story. The car lot's owners sold the property, making it impossible for car donations to be accepted at this time. According to the Wayside CEO, Terry Davis, the next right steps will be determined and communicated soon. So stay tuned. In the meantime, Terry and the entire team at the Wayside thank you for your continued support of the 450 individuals with developmental disabilities in the Wayside's care. And please take note, you can still support them by making a donation at thewayside.org. 
Is it finally time to update your bathroom? Bath Planet, a division of Joyce Factory Direct, specializes in replacing and converting old showers and tubs into new beautiful bathrooms in as little as one day. We have transformed thousands of bathrooms just like yours into a spa-like oasis that has homeowners excited to use their new bathtub or shower. Right now, all bath installations are 50% off. So call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing. 440-243-5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. And we're back. The uh, something to be thankful for. <laughs> oh yeah, we were just talking uh, about fixed income and how it's surprising that fixed income. That's normally the the portion of your account that gives balance and keeps your portfolio from dropping too much. But when you look at the aggregate bond indexes out there, um, Vanguard's got a, a fund that basically it's kind of like the, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it. It's, it's kind of like the S&P 500 is to the stock market. Um, very difficult to beat in the long run. And it's down 20% from where it was in 2020. I don't know how if you've looked at the calendar lately. <laughs> it's 2024, so that is mind-boggling. I never thought you would see that. I literally did not expect that to happen. I expected the drop to occur, but I thought it would be over sooner than that. This is like Chinese water torture. Every time you start, you think you're, you're getting a break. It stops going down and starts going up again. It turns around and goes down even lower, and uh, it just how long that that has persisted. And when people are upset over their um, investments, it's typically because they've got a lot of bonds in it. And who has a lot of bonds in their portfolio? Almost every retiree or somebody who's getting close to retirement or somebody who just has a a moderate uh, growth or I'm sorry, a uh, moderate risk tolerance. So that's been the where they've been able to turn. That's one of the reasons that you know, I'm looking at a lot of the accounts. Um, people are still upset because if you're withdrawing, uh, even though this uh, one from Fidelity, that they call it a low duration bond factor. And low duration is kind of a measure of how a, a bond fund moves relative to other bonds. It's pretty complicated, but it, the higher the duration, the more it's going to fluctuate. So the lower the duration, Bless it fluctuates, theoretically. But when you put bonds in a fund, what the regular bond, treasury or government, or I'm sorry, treasury, which is a government bond, um, at least one type of government bond, or a high-quality corporate bond, so you got AAA, uh, let's say they're all relatively short-term, which means they're somewhere between two and four years. That's considered relatively short-term. Two years, you go out six months. I mean, you actually, you can buy a bond that matures in a month, but the uh, typically it, it's pretty aggravating to do that in your portfolio because you're spending an awful lot of time. Get maybe, I don't know, a couple hundredths of a percent or so. Um, not a super effective use of your time, but uh, which is one of the reasons I like this fund because, you know, it, it's actually relatively new. And it's gone through some of the harder times in the market 
And if I draw a line right through the middle of the price performance, it's right where uh, it was back in 2019. So that's pretty good. Uh, it did have a big dip when the pandemic came in because putting bonds into a fund like that, it turns it into a stock, actually. It's just not, it doesn't fluctuate as much as stock funds do. Bond funds typically don't. It depends on the type of bond fund, by the way. And uh, this one hasn't fluctuated nearly as much, nearly as much. It's been less than half. And that was during the emergency time that it, it fell about half of what the, a little less than half of what the stock market did. And uh, now it's back up to very close to where it was when the fund first came out. And the yield on it right now is a little over 5%. So. Uh, if you want more information on anything you hear uh, that I'm talking about, you can always call me, um, 330-664-0700, or go to my website at bullingtoncapital.com. And uh, this is almost as good as a lot of the uh, – this is one of the reasons I've been doing the fixed index annuities. Uh, I bought one, I don't know, probably three or four years ago. And, uh, well, that's the last one that I purchased. I've got more than one, but the uh, – uh, last one I purchased, I was very happy, and I'm still happy that I have it, because they are different than government bonds. Um, they're different than corporate bonds. Uh, they basically give you a schedule and say, okay, if you take the income at this date, here's what you're going to get. Uh, if you take it at, if you wait another year, here's what you get. And it typically goes up because, quite frankly. With an annuity, your life expectancy comes into play, and the older you get, the shorter the life expectancy is, so they can afford to pay out a higher rate of return. And that's pretty good. I really like where the rates are right now. I mean, they've, in fact, they've, they've gone up over time, but that's okay. Uh, I still like where they are, and uh, even when I got mine, I, mine are still paying. You know, my payment's going to be significantly higher than. Treasuries or CDs are, so that's good, and they're also guaranteed to pay out that income for the rest of my life. You know, that's assuming that nationwide still around when I when I pass away. <laughs> They've been around a long, long time, and they're very highly rated. Uh, and one of the things I like what what I look for in this space in particular is that the insurance company that you're buying an annuity from is not just a life and annuity-based business, that they have other lines of business. And it's one of the reasons I, I like the Nationwide product so well. Nationwide's got a ton of other divisions. And all the divisions uh, contribute to the company's general account. Uh, and so if they have to pay out some extra in the life business because they, you know, people are living longer than they thought they were going to, They've got all those other businesses contributing to the company's uh, bottom line that they can use money from, and that's kind of a big deal. Uh, I, I can tell you there are companies that focused just on life and annuity business, and some of them went away, uh, I think especially around 2008. Now, when an insurance company goes away, it's not like you, you get nothing the way you know if, if you were over the limit for SIPC or FDIC coverage at a particular bank, just because you didn't want to have a bunch of accounts, you could lose money there and uh, easily go over that limit and, and you're on your own. The uh, With insurance companies, 
they also have guarantees, but the guarantees are typically only as good as the company or the um, association in that particular state. Every state's got a, an association that, that tries to make uh, – it holds the insurance companies accountable by the way. They don't want to see anybody going belly up, so they, they go and inspect their books every year, make sure they're not trying to um, – they try to make sure that they're not taking too much risk. But when you have an event like 2008 that comes along, some of them actually went away. But what happens is the regulators come in and they literally take bids for the business. Uh, Other insurance companies, and this is, by the way, this is just one of the scenarios. So other insurance companies can come in and bid on the business. They will buy that business from the insurance company and make those um, shareholders Holes sometimes are not made whole. Sometimes they have to take a, a, a loss because, you know, those are your choices. You can either go with this insurance company and they'll give you X percentage. And I think the lowest was around 85%, uh, which is the lowest, which is a lot better than losing 100%. <laughs> a lot better than putting your money in an S&P 500 fund and watch it drop 50%. You know? So yeah, there, there's some big, there's a lot of protection there. And you still want to pay attention. To the company, um, look at their credit ratings. I mean, the, uh, or the uh, there's an insurance company. You have uh, S and P does ratings now. Moody's does ratings, and uh, just I would stick with the ones that are in the highest, you know, twenty percent of their industries if you're looking around for that. So, if you get any questions on that, just give me a call. Um, if you want to see, I can send you a link too. Uh, I've been it out fairly frequently. It will show you, give you an estimate of how much you could expect to withdraw off of your uh, annuities in retirement. Uh, so that's a pretty good idea, I think, getting, getting familiar with that. And it's actually the tool I use uh, when people come in the office. We'll sit down and pull it up, pull up their uh, ages, their spouse's ages, if they have one. If they don't, uh, that's okay. And everybody's a little bit different, by the way. But... Uh, you can, you know, within two, three minutes, you can see how much income you can generate uh, and what the benefits are to postponing it. And uh, there are lots of benefits. I, I could take mine now, but I'm not going to. I'm going to wait until, uh, you know, 67 and I'm full Social Security age. And uh, between Social Security and the amount of money I get from that, you know, that, that covers all my living expenses. So the um, that's a good feeling to know that you know I don't have to worry about that, and then the rest of my money is uh, just for whatever I want to spend it on. And what's nice about that is if the market does take a big drop, I don't have to touch it. You know, that, that, that's kind of a big deal. And uh, if you don't have to touch the money that you have in the stock market, that that's where you want to be. You want to have enough money in fixed income to be able to pay your basic bills and then uh, the remaining money, if there is money there, uh, you're going to put that away and we'll buy some growth-oriented exchange-traded funds. And I'm going to be explicit here and say growth-oriented. I'm going to explain why in the uh, uh, last part of today's uh, radio program, so after the next commercial break, but I'm going to make a, this is kind of a blanket recommendation. 
Uh, I've been doing what I do for an extremely long time. I use exchange-traded funds now instead of buying the individual stocks myself because it's a lot less expensive from a uh, tax standpoint when if you could see what was going on inside an exchange-traded fund, the amount of uh, movement that happens, all the rebalancing that's going on on a daily basis, if those were normal mutual funds, you would be paying taxes and taxes on ca- on the income and tax uh, taxable gains every year. And your 1099 would be about 70 pages. So um, the powers that be got together and lobbied Congress and said, hey, look, you you think the IRS agents are busy now? <laughs> Wait until you see what we start reporting if you don't go along with this. This is a big deal. And, uh, and they were right. And uh, you know, it, it is for their best benefit. But, you know, before exchange-traded funds existed, these laws uh, didn't exist either. And your average, you know, I, I remember people getting so upset. They would get a, a fund that had began and ended the year right around the same area. In other words, it didn't make much money, but it would have gone up a lot during the year and then crashed, uh, literally crashed. I, I'm thinking specifically of 1987 crashed, by the end of the year, it had rebounded enough to end up within a couple percentage points of where it had started. So had you fallen asleep at the beginning of 1987 and then woke up, had you fallen asleep in January and woke up in December near the end of the month or year, you'd have looked at the account value and said, oh, wow, that was kind of boring. (laughs) But if you were awake and paying attention through that ride, I mean, it was it was all over the place. And so not only did everybody get uh, extremely fearful, okay, but at the end of the year, they got the bonus of having to pay taxes on gains that they never took. The people that held on to those stocks that were outside of an IRA, those funds, rather, they got a 1099 at the end of the year. And uh, man, I can't imagine what the people that invested in January felt like that they got taxed on huge gains that they never saw. I mean, they never saw that. And uh, so anyway, that, that's one of the things. <laughs> one of the things I like about ETFs, uh, the chances of something like that happening in most stock-oriented ETFs are extremely low. So they are very tax efficient. And uh, normally you're only paying tax on whatever dividends they've paid. And most of your growth-oriented ETF uh, don't pay a whole lot of um, dividends. So, you know, they those companies are reinvesting their cash flow so that they can continue to grow. When they get to a larger size or they feel like the opportunities for growth may not be as good or that they can pay out a dividend that they can sustain, well, yeah, then they'll start to pay a dividend and they'll look to try to grow the dividend over time as they grow the business. But um, they're all over the map. You've got a bunch of newer companies out there. A lot of the tech companies don't pay dividends unless it's a special dividend because they've got a whole bunch of money saved up. Now they don't know what to do with it. So they decide that, yeah, I'm just going to um, pay out a a special dividend. That's nice. Um, But if it's a special dividend, that means it doesn't have to repeat. Uh, So 
there's a lot to think about. I mean, it, it's on the surface, everything seems so easy. <laughs> and then the, the devil is definitely in the details. Uh, I mean, definitely. And it is, there's so many items that you could potentially talk about. And, uh, but if, it's like almost anything else that you do in life that, that's you know, worthwhile and challenging, whether it's building a, you know, a career, building a business, you know, building a marriage, I mean, you're going you're gonna to work hard. And a lot of times hard work is going to seem like it's just getting it in deeper uh, and it's not being effective. But you gotta can't lose confidence. You gotta keep keep going and talk to yourself. One of the reasons I have a job, and I'm telling you, it's not an easy job. The uh, markets scare people, and and I won't I won't tell you this. As long as they keep printing money, uh, this is how the game works. You're gonna have inflation, and as long as the inflation is caused by companies who are raising prices, why are they raising prices? Because they're trying to maintain their profit margin. Uh, if, you're, if you're in business, you're in business to, to make profit. Yeah, if you don't make profits, you're not going to be in business very long. So it's just the kind of the way things all work together. And it's actually pretty cool. But I've only got a few th- seconds before I have to take a real quick commercial break. So this is Bill Bullington. Uh, if you have questions for me, please go to my website. It's BullingtonCapital.com. Reach out to us there or just call us, 330-664-0700. That number again, 330-664-0700. And I'll be back right after these messages. Is the door to peace? Sometimes heartache is the gift I need. Your faithful faith. In all Everyone wants to know what's going to change. What can we expect in the future? Heck, I want to know too. But in plumbing, the important stuff is what's not going to change. People are always going to want their call answered by a real human who can help them. And they're always going to want an honest, do-it-right plumber to fix the problem wallakadoodle style. And they're always going to want that to happen today, not tomorrow. So at Why It Works, that's what we focus on. That's why we're introducing same-day water heater replacement. Because let's face it, no one wants to take a cold shower the morning after they discover a broken water heater. Well, maybe some health nut who likes cold plunging. But most of us want that hot water. So when you call Wireworks for a broken water heater, we'll get your replacement installed and installed right that same day. We'll even wallakadoodle it by taking away your old one and clean it up like we've never been there. Just call Wireworks and consider it done. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? 
our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation. Thinking about updating your home? Well, Joyce Factory Direct specializes in replacing old, outdated windows. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features their exclusive Smart Shield high-performance glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy-efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers just love how much warmer their house is and how easy their new windows operate and clean. Right now, you can save 50% on all installations. Just call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing, 440-243-5700, or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. Well, welcome back. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Uh, if you'd like to send me a question online, you can go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Also, just email me, Bill at Bullington.com, or you can call us, 330-664-0700. We will try to get back to you as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, hey, have you guys noticed? I, it, to me, it's, it's kind of amazing. I mean, ever since the pandemic, and it may not have a lot to do with the pandemic. I'm, I'm, I think there are other factors. I know there are. There are other factors at, at work here. But online, it's been becoming much more uh, complicated and much more difficult to set up accounts and get account access. And that's kind of, uh, it's been rough. We spend probably two-thirds of our time now uh, on trying to help clients get their uh, become to get access with accounts that aren't held at at our firm the, which is the uh, you know well, they're, they're clients what are you going to do and a lot of my clients are older uh, it's just fact of the business uh, the average person average young people really don't have a ton of money saved yet uh, so it's the above average like well above average young people that, that do have substantial savings and uh, want to know what to do with it. But um, so our demographic looks very similar to the industry itself. Uh, average age is, is older, and they don't have the kind of time it takes to be fooling around with all this stuff online. And I get it. You know, I, I'm always having to do things myself, and I'm looking at me. I would die if I had a normal job where this wasn't what I did, or at least wasn't part of what I did for a living. It would drive me crazy. And uh, so I, I feel bad for you out there. And that's one of the reasons, you know, we use Fidelity as a primary custodian. We had got Axos that was used to be E-Trade, and E-Trade sold this division to Axos. They're the world's biggest online bank. Um, the uh, uh, Fidelity is a little easier, by the way. They're a little easier to deal with. Uh, for me, they are. Not so much for, for Gary. He's got to do all the trading. And uh, it's pretty manual there. Uh, so that's why I have a person dedicated just to do that. So, And then we've got um, Melissa in my office. If you've ever called in, you've probably talked to her. She is uh, one of the best admins I've ever worked with in my entire career. Uh, so fast and efficient. And then there's uh, myself. And I'm in looking at reviews, helping people set up um strategies, try to help them reach their goals the best we can. And uh, just looking, uh, there are a lot of things. There, there's a lot of, uh, what do they call it, conventional wisdom 
it just doesn't seem very wise to me anymore. <laughs> I've known this for a long time. And, you know, we get audited by the State of Ohio Department of Securities. Um, the, uh, they come in typically once a year. And uh, they look at all the uh, asset allocations, look at the how much risk somebody wanted to take. Does it match up? Are you... Uh, are you doing something you shouldn't be doing there? I, I can't believe anybody would do that, by the way. I mean, to, to be, to do something wrong in my industry, it's a matter of time. You're going to get caught. Yeah. Not if, it's when. <laughs> we have to document this stuff and that the vendors have to document this stuff. You would be a fool to try to get away with something. And by the way, Evidently, there are a lot of fools because I get letters from our compliance people and, and they show uh, what people are trying to do around the country and, you know, the SEC coming in and uh, busting these guys. And I'm just like, really? I mean, I, just, I can't believe Despite the fact that I like to think I'm a nice guy and I would do the right thing anyway, that's my goal in, in life is at the end of my career. Uh, I can look back and say, you know what? I did my very best. I did the best I could for each and every one of these people. And uh, but even if that weren't true, the fact that you can get whatever you do, you have to document, and it's documented so many times, you're going to get caught. I mean, it's not a matter of if; uh, it's just when. And maybe they don't get to you uh, because you're a small firm and you're kind of old and. and you, but you know what? Yeah, uh, uh, they will get to somebody. That that business, you know, that is going to go to some other firm at some point in time, and it's always there. Uh, once it's been recorded, you know, that's a permanent record and can be looked up. So, just to make you feel better, if you're dealing with somebody who's uh, halfway decent, uh, and well, the decency doesn't even matter. It's intelligent. They. Uh, you know you're going to get caught if you do something wrong. So, you know, just do the right thing. That's just, that's my point to this whole ramble. Do the right thing. <laughs> and I just try to be the advisor that I would like to have. Uh, just tell me what I'm up against. Don't hold back. Don't hold anything that you think I'm not going to like. Uh, you just tell me the way it is. Uh, give me some options and let me pick. And if that's how I like to run my business. Now, I will tell you this. I get clients coming in all the time and say, well, what would you do? And, uh, okay, I will, I will tell you what I would do if I were in your suit. Um, there's, I happen to like the long-term returns on stocks. Uh, are they a little elevated now? Yes, they are. What does that mean? Well, you could go for four or five years and not make a whole lot of money in stocks right now. and uh, But I'm good with that. Why? Well, because I think I'm going to live longer than four or five years from now. That's why. So my time horizon is longer than I see. Now, in the you know, 2008 through 2009, you know, that was pretty spooky. Uh, and I don't want to say we saw that coming because people think you know exactly the day, but we were within a, a few weeks of both the uh, uh, peaks and the uh, uh, bottoms. 
uh, the bottom on 2003 was the uh, little easier, I think, to see. Um, that decline started in March of 2000, by the way. So, which is, this is why this business is so tough. The beginning and end of a big move doesn't happen in a year. And most people think in one-year increment. In fact, the people in our industry, I feel like, are guilty of leading them to believe that they need to look over one-year increments. Why? Because they published a one-, two-, and three-year track record. Why do you do that, you knucklehead? The, uh, let's just use the uh, uh, one, five, and a ten. Now, go one, five, and ten. And even that, I get it. You're going to have people that make assumptions that aren't accurate because that's what they're looking at. So you have to know, you literally have to know better than just to use the track record. What are they doing with the money? The, uh, that's more important than their one, five, and year track record, one, five, and ten year track record. And I'm going to tell you, focus on those funds that are focusing on the amount of growth that that company is experiencing. What's their growth in sales? Uh, next thing should be, okay, is that being recognized? Their sales growth being recognized. What do I mean by that? Well, how is that stock performing relative to other stocks in the index and, or in, in their um, in their category? So if it's a small company, how well is this performing relative to other companies that are similar in size or at least in that category? Uh, the next thing is, what is their level of profitability? Profitability is a big deal. By the way, dividend yield is one of the things that you can use. It kind of measures profitability. If they're not earning a profit, they're not paying a dividend. <laughs> so the, uh, well, actually, I take that back. Some companies would borrow money to pay a dividend to, to, to give the appearance that things are all right and that they're looking good. Another reason that you want to diversify. When you buy a fund, it's got minimally 50 stocks in it most of the time. So it's going to be diversified. Most of them have a couple hundred in there. Some of them have you know, more than a couple hundred. But bottom line is you're getting diversification. You're getting uh, attributes that those companies have, like sales growth. How, how big is the company? How fast is it moving? Those are incredibly important aspects of what makes up a good stock going out into the you know into the future. If the company is growing and their profit margins are hanging in there, then the profits are going up. If they're paying out a dividend and they're making more money, they typically raise the dividend. Makes makes sense. Now you just need uh, three or four categories, and I think you're good to go. Uh, but uh, Incidentally, and I was talking about a little bit earlier about um, being able to track your your por uh, portfolio performance. You can do that. There are a lot of there are a lot of easy ways. One of the easiest, if you don't want to spend a lot of time setting it up and trying to set passwords and user IDs and getting rejected when you don't keep it up to date and all that stuff. What's really easy is just go look at each annual statement, and uh, that. It gives you a summary at the end of the year. The annual statement gives you a summary, and it makes it so much easier. You just pull up the past five or six years. It, that takes about, I don't know, it takes us about 10 minutes. 
it, it, it on an account and uh, at the worst. So, and then you get to see, it will summarize, did you transfer money in that year? Did you take money out that year? How much did you transfer and how much did you take out? What did you start off with? What did you end up with? And uh, I can't tell you how many people forget that they've either transferred money in or they've transferred money out or they had to spend something well, well this year. You know, there was a distribution made of this. I didn't make a distribution. Uh, here it is. And then we'll go back to right to the exact month. Oh, what was that for? Oh, yeah. Oh, now, now I remember. Yes. Um, one of the reasons I, I really appreciate having a custodian who is not owned by Bullington Capital. Those aren't my records. Those are the custodians' records, and the custodians are. You, we are regulated pretty intensely. Those guys, man, uh, it's why you have accounting majors in college. And uh, I would not like that job, but I do appreciate the job that they're doing, and it just makes it so much nicer for clients because they, you can find the data; it's there. And um, these guys have gone back. They go way, you know, far and above anything that uh, is expected. Uh, they go far and above what, you know, the SEC says they do. Um, I would rank the uh, um, companies. Yeah, I think Folio and, and E-Trade are, are like, not Axos. They're about the same. Um, Folio is owned by Goldman Sachs. We We... They have to keep the same records. We can go back in and request it. Sometimes they charge us for it if it's past the amount that they're legally required to do, but that's okay. And uh, Fidelity doesn't. And Fidelity, from a, a record-keeping standpoint, is probably number one. So I like it. It's a little bit harder for us to manage the money there. That's for sure. Their trading platform, uh, they put more money in keeping the uh, super important records than they did making our lives easier. <laughs> so but that's okay. It, it's better for the client, and uh, and I really like that. Uh, man, I've got about uh, 45 seconds here, and i got to go. I can't believe how fast this whole hour went. If you heard anything that you would like more information on or you'd just like to have a conversation, feel free to drop me on a line. Uh, my email address is bill at bullingtoncapital.com or go to my website, which is bullingtoncapital.com. I really appreciate you listening this morning. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and get investing. just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.